Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle. I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Man, this is another good show. I got to tell you, the last time I said that, I was only halfway telling the truth. I mean, um, I was a little disappointed, uh, but uh, but today there is no disappointment. Today we have somebody really, really cool. Listen, I've read the bio in this episode. This guy's super accomplished. Um, we are are gonna really blow your hair back on this one. And um, and if you're if you're new to the show, then you don't know really what we're doing. You just know that somebody sent you a link and was like, "You gotta listen to this stuff." Yeah, let me unpack it for you. At Solutions from the Huddle, we want to go get the smartest, brightest, best individuals that we can find. And we want to give them a platform. We want to just turn a mic on for a minute and allow them to teach us things like marketing, leadership, mindset, communication, like the, the skills we need to perform and grow and advance in life. And along the way, we find so many creative and absolutely brilliant people. Um, and so today we have somebody that is really going to add tremendous value. Um, if you're already tuning in, if you already know about Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group, uh, and you keep coming back, thank you so much. I'm so glad to know that those $20 bills are making their way to your mailboxes. Thank you so much for continuing. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate you guys. Before we introduce our guest today, we start every show the same way. Uh, we do it in prayer. So we're going to do it this time too. We just ask Lord that you bless the show, uh, our guests, our sponsors, uh, everything involved, the folks that listen. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Okay. My new best friend today. Is uh, and I, I thought I was nervous. I was like, I'm going to mess up the last name. It's, um, it's Shane Salk. Did I get it? Did I nail it? That's perfect. Shane. Shane's on the program today. Check it out. He is the owner or one of the owners of Shane Salk Productions, and he is an award-winning audio drama creator, producer, and sound designer. So this is like one of those highly, highly creative, super smart, innovative human beings that's on the program today. Shane, thank you so much for carving out time for us. Absolutely. And thank you for that intro. It's uh, I, I would like you just next to my bed every day I wake up and then you go, <laughs> this is what you've done yeah. today. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, listen, we could be negative and, and you know, I, I, I hate when I, I listen to people tell me all of the horrible things that have happened when you go, how are you doing today? And they tell you and you go, wait a minute, I was trying to be polite. I need some joy. (laughs) How dare you be honest with me? Um, Shane, (laughs) tell us a little bit about you because they, the folks listening, they're not reading um, uh, all the stuff that I get to see that you've done. So unpack for us a little bit. How does one develop and grow and get to the place in, in their profession uh, where they get to be an award-winning audio drama creator, producer, and sound designer. I would imagine at five years old, you were like wanting to be Batman, maybe, or a police officer. Or I'm a still firefighter. working on that. Hey, don't yeah. you say I can't do that now. <laughs> How old is uh, that? Batman wasn't Batman until he was older, that's right. right? That's right. That's true. Good point. Good point. Where did it all start? Give us the back, the, the origin stories of Shane Salk. Um, so I... Uh, Oh, my head hurts now. Um, so I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and my I, I have a degree in theater, theater performance. That was is my first love is acting, and um, I'm not terrible at it, so that helps too. But I did that all growing up, and uh, in high school, I started 
uh, doing technical theater as well because there was a a semester where I was like, I'm I'm on two different soccer teams right now. I don't have time to be in the show at the same time. So I'll I'll you know uh, build the sets, stage manage the show, that kind of thing. So. From there, it kind of got to a place where I was like, well, you know, any every time I'm the more I know about everything, the better I am at anything, you know, doing all that stuff made me a better actor. It made it so I could help other people and make the production better. I went to school for acting for theater. Um, I got out in 2008 and the economy was crashed. The, you know, uh, L.A. was in a writer's strike. So the whole industry was dead. Um, it was very, very hard. And so I got tired of having to wait for other people to give me a job. So I started in college. I was producing a little bit and growing up from like a very early age of like first grade, kindergarten, first grade. I was listening to old time radio shows because mm -hmm. my uncle had sent us some for Christmas one year. And my parents were like, well, this is a great way to keep them off of TV. So we just kept getting more of these, you know, cassette tapes with old time radio shows. So when I got out of college, um, a buddy of mine and I decided to start doing a audio drama. Podcasting was starting to become a thing. It, like 20% of people knew what a podcast even was, had even heard of it. Mm -hmm. So I took my knowledge of these old time radio shows and started producing these new time radio shows with the new technology, new sound effects. So it wasn't like this old, you know, coconut sounds making footsteps and things like that. So it's, we're, you know, cinematic immersive stuff. And that was back in 2008, 2009, that started. And now launching the newer show in 2020, 21, there's a lot of twenties in that sentence, 2021. Um, we it's even more immersive and i just wanted to continually push the boundaries of well you can't do these things you can only do those things with film and i'm like no we can do it with audio as well and so it's a really that's how is always pushing these envelopes staying incredibly tired all the time and uh so i did that I mean, I worked with, I, I performed with Disney uh, as the genie in Aladdin for, for about a year on their cruise lines. Uh, I moved to New York and I acted out there as well. But this whole time, even when I was on the cruise, I was writing and I produced a show while I was on the cruise ship for some people. Um, so it's just always going, well, can we do that? Uh, let's find out. And uh, that's, that's what my whole life has sort of been is, is going you can't do that. I'm like, well, I'll see if that's true. Yeah, no, I, you know, my favorite part of everything you just said was um, always being tired. Cause I, my brain decoded and translated that into always leave it on the field. Like don't take any back home with you. Right. So, and, and, and our podcast is audio only. I'm not nearly as cool as some of these folks that put out the video versions and have a camera crew and all that. Um, so they don't get to see the animation and the energy, but, but they can hear it. Um, and, and I've, you know, I, I remember when we were doing the, uh, when we first started the show, we were in a radio station. And uh, we would have a guest come in and you could feel the difference when a guest would come in. We were on ESPN. And so when somebody would call wow. in, 
um, you know, folks, they were thrilled to be on the show. So we would get folks that would call in that were pretty, pretty popular and, and, and big names. And, and it was like, not as good as like the startup business owner that's nowhere near as famous and successful as the call in person. Right. But the energy and the vibe was so different because there was this human connection. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I think that audio is far more immersive than, than even visual, uh, if done right and if cared about and, and, and if passionate about it, am I crazy? hundred thousand percent. And, and that idea of, you know, that energy that you feel when people ask me, like, how do you get into voiceover or, you know, how do you get, you know, uh, our show called Carcerum is full cast, full sound effects, immersive, uh, original musical scores, uh, cinematic sound design. But when we record most of the time, we're recording uh, individuals. We're recording people by themselves in a room. And yeah. people ask us all the time, like, well, how? Uh, no, you must have recorded everybody together because it sounds like they're in the same place and they're reacting off of each other and all this stuff. And when we were doing casting and and bringing people in and seeing you know for our, our our leads and stuff the thing that we found is that theater actors are amazing at this stuff because voiceover is a full body experience i mean voiceover actors we have an um, have amazing voiceover actors in this thing it's it's incredible um video games and video games the same way it's it's a full body experience. You're not just standing talking at a stick. We have people, we're handing people a, a 10 pound weight and going, here's your sword. And we're sword fighting. Um, we're, you know, painting these pictures of a full environment and the actors that embody that full environment. And by the time they're done, they're exhausted because it is a full body experience and yeah. a full body acting thing you're doing yeah not just standing it's not passive at all well you know I, I when i was younger i did some acting and um i just found it to be so enjoyable because it was like this this opportunity well i found it so enjoyable because i didn't see it really different than when i would play baseball it, it was like this experience of this opportunity to have like a full expression um of what i thought and felt and and how my face and body let it come out like I thought about if the ball gets hit to me, here's what I'm going to do. And in the acting experience, it was, um, I know what the next scene is. I know, I know what, I know what I need to do. And so like this, this beautiful harmony between thought, emotion, and action. Um, and, and I just think it, with audio, um, it, it's, it's like the beginning. Like I couldn't imagine watching a movie if, if it was muted. In fact, I, I've seen times in movie theaters, Shane, where like, um, where the, the, the picture flickered uh -huh. and like nobody, nobody really freaked out. Like there's been a few times where like the screen was black for four or five seconds, which is an eternity for humanity. Yeah. Right. Like, five, can you imagine the internet not working for five seconds? We'd lose our mind, <laughs> but like nobody cared that much Shane, but then there have been times where the audio went out and that's, that's where Carl gets up and says enough. Yeah. He has to go tell the manager because now there's a problem, right? Audio. Well, even, you know, people talk about silent movies and there's honestly almost no such thing as a silent movie because even silent movies had music. Back in the day, they had, uh, you know, organ players that were live and the organ player would really paint the, the scene for the thing. Now you have the, the audio baked into the thing and so it's always the same music, but there's always music. Um, 
and don't get me wrong there you can do amazing things with visuals um and and you have that kind of entertainment the thing that people don't with our show specifically is that because it's just audio again it's not a passive experience listening to it you are painting these pictures it's 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 activating the parts of your brain like you're reading a book and there's studies done that auditory uh your your brain gets more active with auditory stuff than with visual stuff um so it's it's an incredible place to be to to again it's sort of the forefront of this new new era because we started with radio we just started with radio we didn't have tv and people sat around and watched tv or watched uh, listen to the radio but it was basically the same action physical action as watching tv you sat in one place and there was the radio then the tv came along they go well great you just sit in one place and watch the tv then we got our phones and all these things where we're walking around and they go well we need to be able to make it so people can watch things while they're walking around so they put them on your phone, YouTube, all these things. And then we go, well, wait a minute. Now that we're walking around, we can, uh, and, and you're moving around. Well, we, that's the same action as listening to the radio now. So we're actually transitioning back to this auditory thing because you can't watch TV while you're in your car or, mm. you know, necessarily, mm. uh, you know, running or exercising or walking your dog, you know, this thing where you're looking down all the time. So we're retraining ourselves to do the same action, but just listen to things. And, and there are some, you know, music or talk, talk radio where it's like, well, we can kind of zone in and zone out as it's coming. I don't need to hear every single thing that's being said and not lose my place. But with something like car serum, we have people going, well, I was, you know, I was at my work and I was typing away and then i realized and then i put your show on and then i realized i didn't move for 20 minutes because i couldn't do two things at once mm. so because it 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 uh you know activates those parts of your brain that just can't do more than one thing they have to listen to it and, and experience it and so to find out that we can do those things with audio and it's not just video um is so exciting yeah, you know, I, I read that your your show Carcium, uh, which is a female-led series, uh, took took over three years to develop um, and, and to just like do the first season. Yeah. To walk us through like the impatient people right now are going, what? Uh, right? Like, because again, the idea of not instant gratification is tough for people. And oh. a, a, lot, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to our show. And so if you know business people and you are clearly mm -hmm. the creator of something, like they want something, they want to plant an apple seed on Monday and like eat apples on Tuesday. Yeah. How, walk us through the development process as a creative. Well, believe me, I was very impatient as well. And I, you know, the idea that it took three years boggles my mind. Um, but if I really go back, it took probably closer to 10 years. And because I spent many years trying to convince people, because I did, I did a show uh, back that started in 2009 that got over 200 million downloads. And then I'm trying to convince people over the next years that this is a viable 
art form and that there's something here. And the amount of people that I came in contact with, they were like, no one's going to listen. Nobody cares. Audio's dead. It doesn't matter. And I'm just sitting here going, you don't understand that podcasting is a thing and you don't understand what is actually happening in the world right now. Um, so that was very hard. So I spent a lot of years trying to convince people that we need, I need funding to do this right because I've done it for nothing and it's hard and it's miserable and it's awful. And I want it to be better than that. So it took a number of years and we got some, some, a little bit of funding. And um, then we got a writer's room and sat down and, and actually planned out this entire 30, 32 episode season. So over the next while it, was writing these eight to 900 pages of this season and, you know, uh, going over it, rewriting it because I wanted to get all of it written before we started recording. Mm -hmm. And that took longer than I wanted it to, but it turned out better than I ever imagined it would, which is why it took so long. So the, the thing that kept me going every time I was like, well, I want this done by March. Well, I want this done by December. Well, I want this done was that every time we had to push it, it was because it could be better. Mm. It wasn't because we were lazy. Um, and then we started recording and we were going to try to do this with a bunch of people in the same room. And we tried that a little bit and it was good, but it also caused its own problems. And then the pandemic hit. And so that caused a whole other issue where we couldn't have people come into the studio together. And we started doing remote recordings and then we started doing the sound design. And while I wanted that to go a lot faster than it did, especially at the beginning where we're trying to figure out this new style and going, well, what can we do? We got into so many arguments about <laughs> different things. And, but we talked about it like it was a film. So mm. we were like, well, let's see if we can design this audio like it's a film, like the camera's over here, then it goes over there and then it pulls back and then it pushes in. And so we spent a lot of time cultivating how that happened and editing and re-editing and then mastering and remastering and then changing the script. And then because I had the most experience with this art form in the group of people that I worked with, we would get into arguments about like, well, how are we supposed to do that with audio? And I was like, don't worry about that. I'll take care of the, the design. They're like, well, we need to throw in these lines. It's like, no, we don't. Let, let's just get this. We can always re-record. And so it was a lot of getting the whole very, very small team to get on the same page of what's possible. Even if you, if you don't know it, you're like, well, someone else knows that this is possible. So we're going to believe <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, and my, my business partner, Bill Holmes, uh, he's been in audio for, for many, many years and, and he's you know, made feature length movies and all this stuff. So he's coming up with it with this different lens. You're like, well, if this was a movie, I'd want to do these 12 things. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that. And I get very frustrated with the sound design. And then I'd be like, well, go away. Let me try. And then we'd come back and see if it worked. <laughs> and then he'd go, no, it doesn't work. I'm like, no, it can work. I can do it. You know? So it, it's, it's a, having a team that always believes that it can be better and we don't have to cut corners. And because yeah. of all that, it kept pushing and pushing and the pandemic obviously didn't help. Um, cause we pushed it a number of months because we were supposed to go do these, these events. But even with us kept pushing it, um, 
it just got better and better and better. And every time it got better, we had to push it because it got better. It gave me a little bit more hope of like, okay, so at least we're pushing it for a good reason. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was exhausting and, and it, it was very frustrating because I too wanted things to be done faster and better. And we didn't have the resources again, it's it's you know two men in a cave and then we had a music guy dave volpe and and a, a mastering guy um tim McEwen, and a lot of other people i mean we had 120 some odd characters in this first season which mm-hmm. is insane yeah um so we had so many people that believed in the project and we didn't have you know everybody got much less than they deserve and you know people donated their time a lot of the time or uh, it was exhausting, but, um, you know, we didn't take any salaries for any of the stuff that we created. We, I opened a, a sound studio and tried to make that work so we could afford to do the things that we were doing. Um, I completely understand that, that frustration of going, you know, hearing three years, but in reality, it didn't feel, it wasn't like one step for three years. It was, it, it, it it kind of is mind-boggling when people say oh it took you three years i'm like well it took me 10 years but it felt a lot different than that (laughs) Mm, yeah no that's so good i appreciate that behind like really truly behind the curtain kind of uh understanding of that i think that folks that haven't created uh oftentimes rush to frustration because something's not done. And, and, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about why it's so important or if it's even important for leaders, uh, again, a lot of entrepreneurs, business professionals that tune into the show, um, how important it is for leaders and decision makers and people that are overseeing projects for those people to actually like have some experience with having to create because uh, if not, you just kind of get frustrated with everyone going, why isn't it done yet? And and yeah. there's a fine line between procrastination and not meeting a deadline because of poor performance and, and, and all of the things that we already agree that nobody disagrees is unacceptable. Oh, yeah. But then there's the, I actually never made anything. So I don't, so I just think that I, I just think every, like there's, it's not the Jetsons or Star Trek where it's just like, I want a sandwich <laughs> and something is synthesized. Right. Wow. I mean, um, now I want a little bit about what. It, it, how yeah how how important is it that leaders really need to like get in the kitchen and learn how to make a damn sandwich before you bark at other people about yeah. a turkey sandwich well i i like i said at the very beginning i am a strong believer and the more i know about everything the better i am at anything and i um i did not go to school for audio engineering i didn't go to school for running a studio i went to school for theater and I learned all of this stuff by listening, by YouTube, by articles, because I was tired of other people having me having to wait for other people to do things. I think it is there's I have had I, I think it's incredibly important, everything you're saying. And to know what you don't know, mm-hmm. that I think is one of the most important things for an entrepreneur, really anybody as, as just a human is to go to recognize like, I don't know these things. And find someone that you trust or do some research or these things. Don't try to just problem solve it in your head and going, well, this is how I would do it and blah, 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 blah. And think like, oh, well, there's my timeline. Um, 
I have had, I, you know, I had some people come to me and ask me about doing a show for them. And I gave them a, you know, like, well, this is how much it would cost to really do this. And they go, well, what if we cut how much, you know, they're <laughs> like, well, we want 12 episodes. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a price. And they go, well, then if we did six, it would cut that in half. Right. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works because <laughs> you're not cutting everything in half. Um, so those kinds of misnomers are, are, yeah. are big. Um, I also really believe that one reason we were able to accomplish these things with me having the majority of experience in this art form, um, I will, you know, as any entrepreneur will tell you, I would imagine we, there are days when you wake up and you go, I'm screwed. This is terrible. I'm terrible. And this is never going to work and everything. Uh, I don't know why anybody's following me along on this journey, but I will say that I think the reason that so many people did and so many people believe in, in what we're doing here is because they're not necessarily following along and i'm and i'm saying this from people things that people have told me um they're not following along the idea of this audio drama they're not following along this idea of um you know oh yeah you know this is the wave of the future that kind of thing what they're doing is they're looking at the leaders they're looking at the people that brought this and they're going i'm following along this person's passion their ideals and i believe in this person I have no idea if this is going to work or not. The idea, the product, I don't know if that's going to work, but I believe that this person is on to, I believe this person. And I think that's very important to recognize because if, if an entrepreneur comes in and starts demanding things from people that they don't understand that very quickly, that team can go, that person has no idea what they're doing. I don't believe in them. Mm. Even if I believe in the product, I don't believe that they can do it. They don't know what they're mm-hmm. doing because they don't know how to talk to me, which is another thing why you have major companies have, or even smaller companies have a go-between. You have your, um, you know, your heads of the company and you have on the other end, you have your engineers, your artistic, and you need, if, if your heads of the company can't do it, you need someone in the middle to go, I can communicate between these two people. Yeah. And if, if everybody can, if I know how to talk to these people differently than those people, then we can all, you know, get on the same page. And it's the buffer between I don't, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. And these people don't know what I'm saying and don't know how the hell they're doing. You're just talking two different languages, you know, marketing yeah, yeah. And, and, and marketing and um, the creative uh really a lot of times shouldn't talk to each other sometimes because the marketing goes, well, what if we did these things with the story, then we could market it. And the creative's going, that's a terrible thing to do to this story. Why would you do that? Um, So that's why you need that understanding of what other people do um, and why they do it. And uh, I think it's incredibly important. So I, yeah, I think I think this happens in so many industries. I mean, the, what you really just unpacked is is the importance of effective communication and and there 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 being some not just understanding, but uh, but knowing that it's okay that we don't necessarily uh, we we may not understand, but but we have to work together almost. Like yeah. I know that like think about a restaurant. You've got the guy that cooks the food and the guy that's is the waiter. 
And there's a lot of times those two people are at odds. They're just coming to the, to the table uh, just from a different perspective, right? Yeah. Like you're like, where's my food? You're like, well, this literally has to sit for five minutes. I can't <laughs> change science. Yeah. Or, or like why in the world would he want this without onions? I created this, this yeah. with having onions and the waiter's like, Cause Josh doesn't like onions. They, <laughs> like he was deep allergic to onions. He died. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's so, so important. We're talking with Shane Salk, the, uh, the owner of Shane Salk productions along with his partner. Um, and, and we are talking about how incredibly important audio and the immersion of it is. And, and I want to get a little bit more into this particular 32 episode, uh, uh, show. And th- this is the first season, correct? Yep. We're, right, so we're actually, we have uh, plans to start writing the second season in a few weeks. I love it. So I want to get a little bit more into it so that we can get folks excited and maybe get them to start clicking. Uh, let's do that right on the other side of our, our quick break here. Uh, we just want to pause real quick and just say thank you to the brands, the companies that stand next to the show. Uh, there are lots and lots of wonderful organizations that believe in this crazy concept that if you go find bright, talented people and let them talk about their insight and what they're good at and provide some tips and strategies, the world just gets brighter and better. And so some of these organizations have stood with us to help create and put this program out. If you want to learn more about them, go to team-csg.com team-csg.com. Click on any one of the logos when you uh, go to the solutions from the huddle tab, and you'll see why we stand next to these companies. They're worth standing next to. All right. The only brand that really matters right now, though, of course, is uh, is, is Shane Salk's production company, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't want to mispronounce it. Is it Carcerum? Carcerum. 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 Yeah, like the serum of a car, which has nothing to do with the story, but there you go. I love it. The serum of a car. No, car serum. Serum. Uh, Hey, guys, I I want us to learn a little bit more about this program, um, about the show, about the plot, about the characters. Uh, You've got a couple uh, names that I'm sure we've heard of from Jane Lynch to Neil Flynn uh, and probably many, many others that have uh, lent their talent, their skill to this. Um, Unpack the show a little bit for us and... And let us know about uh, maybe even how did you get some of these names that we've heard before to come be a yeah. part of your project? Uh, so Carcerum is, like I said, it's full cast, full sound effect. It's uh, a high fantasy show. It's um, basically a mix between Lord of the Rings and Princess Bride or Game of Thrones. Um, sword fights, monsters, magic, that kind of thing. Um, so the the basic plot is in, in the land of Aru, where this takes place. Um, Years years ago, the, it used to be a, a very nice place to live, but now it's kind of taken over by uh, this fear of magic. These marauders called um, vigils go around and, and take anybody that they uh, deem to have magic, um, and so it's a it's a it's a creditor place. But there's been uh, a a prophecy that's been passed down through generations um, that talks about the the one who is going to come and save them all um and and take the land back to the 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 good days um and we we start off with uh two two uh characters uh aura and godric and they're train training to fight and um then they see a, a these these vigils start to attack um godric's home um so that's sort of what the whole plot is it's this idea of you know people going off to try to save the land um and uh there's a lot of twists and turns in it so 
uh, uh, some people are like, well, I got through the first episode and I liked it, but get through at least three because then they go, oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny we've had people write reviews after the first episode and then come back and change the re- the reviews after the third episode they're like oh okay yeah all right yeah it was uh well that's true for most for, shows yeah like, right i i, I don't i don't want to start a battle or a war here but i i remember uh getting in a lot of trouble for not loving breaking bad after the first episode or two and yeah. then like people thought i was the dumbest human on the planet <laughs> once i was like well i just didn't like it then i got past episode three and i go oh wait a minute this is pretty exceptional so i think that's true with with i can't think of a show or a movie where yeah. you we, you got to get past the first few minutes right yeah. well i would um, say I, i'm gonna yeah. get in trouble for this but i haven't Uh-oh. watched all of breaking bad either if you've yeah, watched okay. it all i haven't and the reason is i've got through like two or three episodes and this is just because of the person I am. I looked at the show and I was like, this acting is amazing. The writing and directing is incredible. No character's life is going to get any better. And I can't do this to myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just going to be a very depressing binge for me. And I, yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> um uh, listen, Breaking Bad's not paying any of our bills. Let's quit giving them too much shine. Let's keep it right here there you go. on Car Serum. But uh, but I love it. Hey, tell us a little bit about how you got some of these these yeah. names um, because I think that you know we we and we have such a diverse crowd. I'm sure that there's someone else listening right now that's maybe ten years um, in the rearview mirror of where you are. Right? They, yeah. They, they, they've they've not created their first project. They don't they haven't won their first award or two. They they. They think, man, I have this idea, this vision. I want to create a movie, a play, a drama, or in this right. case, an audio experience that's exceptional. Um, tell us a little bit about how how it was casting and how did you get some some brands and some names we already know to buy into maybe not the story, but they bought right. into you, kind of like what you were talking about a minute ago. That's that's very true. That's how we did it. So Bill Holmes has been, he's he's uh, we have the same birthday, but like 30 years apart. Um <laughs> So he's been in the voiceover game in LA for a very, very long time. And some of these people he's, he kind of came up with. So um, Jane Lynch, he, you know, he had met in Chicago and knew he had been a director out here um, in voiceover. And so he'd met her a few times and we had a mutual friend and, and it just kind of happened. Um, Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson, who you may know as Pinky in the Brain, um, he's known them. And because of my history with this stuff and uh, when I first met Bill in 2011, I want to say, or 10, um, we, we did, we uh, created a, a version of a Christmas Carol, uh, Charles Dickens, a Christmas Carol. And we got some names and, you know, Maurice and, and Rob both happened to be around and we're like, we were like, do you want to do this? It's just like a day. It'll be easy. And they're like, sure. That sounds like a lot of fun. We, they got to record together, which they didn't usually get to do. Um, and after that experience that they had, they jumped at the chance of coming back and then other people who either bill knew or friends knew were like i want to be a part of this new thing this sounds amazing it sounds great we went down to comic-con where we knew some people and but because like you said they they heard the other stuff that we had done that i had done that they you know just knew who we were and we're like, well, I'd love to work with you guys. I don't really care what it is. I trust that you guys are going to make it fun and do all these things. That's how we got these people. And 
anybody that's listening and going, well, I don't know any of these people. How would I do that? Blah, blah, blah. Back in the day, I didn't either. I would literally cold call. I cold call a number of people and just going, hey, you know, get an agent on the phone and be like, hey, would they do this? And they'd be like, no. I'm like, great. That's fine. I'm I'm not out anything. When we were doing a a Christmas carol, I called Julie Andrews's agent and I got through like three different. I had to get through a switchboard and then an assistant to the agent and the agent picks up and is like, what? I said, well, I told him who to go. Look, my assistant told me everything. She said I should pick up the phone. What? <laughs> and so I told her about the Christmas girl and all this stuff. And I talked to her for 15 minutes and she's like, this sounds really, really cool. Um, when do you need this by? And I said, well, we would need it by like November. And she's like, Sh-, you know, Julie's on a book tour for the next six months. So she can't do this, but this sounds really cool. So my point is that you sometimes you know people that you didn't know know somebody yeah but also just reaching out i worked with michael emerson who you'd know from lost he was ben on lost he was the leader of the others and and a bunch of other shows um and the way i got a hold got him to do uh you know he just did this little pilot thing for me the way that happened is that a friend i was living in new york and a friend of mine and i heard that he was going to be at he was going to do this you know charity reading of a shakespeare monologue so we went we bought tickets went to that event and then basically afterwards there was a you know we sort of watched him afterwards there was a um a reception and we kind of kept our eye on him and kind of were drinking by the door and as he walked by i happened to i i knew that he had done something for somebody else that I, I didn't know that person, but I, I knew he had done a radio thing earlier. And so he walked by us and we were like, Hey, you know, that was great. Really, really congratulations. That was really great. And he was nice enough to stop and talk to us. And we just had a whole conversation and I asked him, I was like, Hey, would you be willing to do this thing? It would take like an hour. And he's like, well, talk to my people. And I said, great. Fast forward, you know, six months of me talking to, you know, I went to his agent, then his agent sent me to his manager and his manager pushed me off. And then he was doing this and then it was, but I just kind of kept not bothering them, not going every day, like, Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? But it was like reminding them like, Hey, you know, we were going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. And it finally happened. So just persistent. Persistence, realizing people are people, not again, not bothering them, but also realizing that I I tell this to people all the time. I go, look, if you email me or if I talk to you and you email me and I had told you to email me and I don't get back to you, email me again a few days later or a week later, because I'm not ignoring you. I forgot, or I was like, oh, I'll respond to this person later. And then the kitchen caught fire and I forgot. Yeah. You'd never know what's going on in somebody's life. If I have a day of a lot of sessions going on at the studio, I may not get to it and I yeah. will, it'll slip my mind. Not saying you're not important, but it just happens. It happens all the time. I forget to go to the grocery store, you know? Um, sure. So don't feel you're not good enough to reach out to somebody. But if somebody says no, don't think they're an asshole because it's just everybody's life you know yeah 
Yeah, we're all human, and we're all we're all we're all dealing with what we're, we're dealing with, and and we we build up this persona in our minds, right? Of and this is true when you're cold calling anything. Um, yeah. you know, I, I want to close a sale, and well, he's probably going to say no, and they didn't pick up, and they must not like us, and, and like you've already like put yourself in this horrible position to even get out of emotionally and mentally. Right. I mean, I hope, I hope they don't pick up the phone at this point. Cause they're going <laughs> to, they're going to hear not a good version of you at this right. point. Yeah, well, funny. and, and, and at some point you can go, yeah, this isn't worth my energy anymore. If they're, you know, if I've reached out this many times and they're not getting back to me, I'm like, you know, I'm not assuming anything. I, you know, I'm not assuming they don't want to talk to me. I'm not assuming that they do want to talk to me. They're busy. I'm just going, this doesn't make me feel good. I'm out. Um, but you know, you know, when you get to that point, and I will also say this with all of the names, I mean, I could list off 20 or more names of people that, and characters that they've played and you would know them. Porky pig, four different Ninja turtles, like invader Zim, all of these people are in our show. They're amazing people. The voiceover community is super nice. However, I will say when we started this, even with Jane Lynch, uh, Neil Flynn, people expect big names like that to bring in audiences. And no matter what, no matter who we talked to, it came down to the acting first. We needed good actors. And we had some people come in who we had an idea of a character in our heads and they came in and they don't fit that character. The great thing about us owning this story, writing it ourselves, is we just changed the character. We changed an entire scene because. You know, we, we brought in Cameron Crowe, who's amazing, super nice guy, the director. And um, we had a, a scene written and we we're like, yeah, he doesn't fit this character. So we changed the entire scene to fit his acting, his acting mm. style, his characters. And it was you, you can uh, you need to be able to adapt. But with all of these names we have in it, people tweeting it out, it doesn't necessarily equate to downloads or listens or money. It, if the acting isn't there, cast good actors to start with, you know, figure out your directing style, figure out the style of your show, but don't expect there to be a silver bullet of, oh, we got, you know, Brad Pitt in this thing. We're set. We're golden. This is going to go far because that doesn't necessarily equate. It's, yeah. it's social media does not mean views and downloads people have been finding this in study after study after study of yeah just because you're following on instagram doesn't mean that they're going to switch over to listening to your podcast yeah no that's so true that's so smart too and and i know that i do this this show really for fun i mean there's no monetization model for this um you know we for me i'm a business coach i'm a speaker um, this is just like an outlet for joy and fun and creativity and to meet yeah. great people and to, to have a content pool that folks that maybe say I'm not ready to hire or, or their budget doesn't match with, with my, what I cost to say, Hey, listen, there's still a space where you can go learn, grow, get motivation and get to meet a guy named Shane that maybe you never would have met otherwise. And so this is such a labor of love for me. And, uh, and, 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 and I so agree after doing this show for so many years, you know, you, you get a name on here and you go, Oh, that it, it's going to be a million downloads. Um, and then you go, how did bill 
Smith get more downloads than Grant Cardone or Super Bowl <laughs> winning. So I'm like, how did that happen? Um, and then what happens is you, you go back and you listen and you just go, oh, the conversation was better. Like, that's what it was, right? Like it was, it was, uh, we had a better time. And so um, those of those of you out there that are listening right now, I mean, you know, Shane and I are, we're seeing each other through Zoom, right? So the conversation is interesting enough to want to listen to. And when that stuff's good, it beats out um, a Nike swoosh or uh, or a, a name yeah. that you thought you thought was going to win the day. I, I agree. And, you know, and, and I think it's very important to remember that you got into all this because you thought it would be fun. Um, yeah. You know, there were, you know, there were days, weeks, months where I was not having fun doing this show. Um, but I knew that it was a part time thing you know, that fun wasn't there because we were on a deadline. We were stressed, you know, we were in a pandemic, all of these things. One of the things that we did, actually, we started doing live game shows on Fridays for no reason, except for we needed to do something stupid and remind ourselves stupidity is what we enjoy. So we, you know, we found that we found a way to go, this is awful. What we're, what we're having to do is really hard and stressful. And, you know, we want to pull our hair out and all this stuff, but what can we do to stay sane for mm -hmm. a little while? Um, and I think that's also very important. It's, it's self-awareness. Um, and it's not letting yourself off the hook with things like, well, I'll be happy later or yeah. we'll, you know, there are, there are times when you're not going to be able to sleep for a while because you have a deadline and things need to happen and blah, blah, blah. But um, pain is not the goal. And a lot of artists forget that as well, I think. Um, entrepreneurs, maybe too. Yeah. But, you know, we have this society thing where it's like, well, we work all the time. And if you're not, you know, the way you get ahead in life, you have these billionaires, these millionaires, these people that are very, very successful. And everybody's like, oh, just, you know, you got to work at it. And so there are people like myself who go out and go, if I'm not working, I'm doing something wrong. And that's not true. That's not the healthy way to do it. Because again, pain is not the goal. The, the idea of the struggling artist, while it's this romantic idea, was if that's your goal, great. That's going to be pretty easy. It's very easy to struggle. <laughs> What's really hard is to keep struggling yeah. with the idea of getting somewhere else. Ooh, it's really good. easy to be miserable. Um, it's really hard to be miserable and want to not be miserable. I like, I like that. It's, 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 hard. it's easy to be miserable. It's hard to is to to move it right to go to the next thing yeah. to move yeah. the chains so to speak yeah and if smart. and if you struggle with which a lot of entrepreneurs do i do you know mental health issues of, of depression anxiety um it's even harder to go yeah. you, you know i have this comfortable place where i'm unhappy and miserable and i don't know what to do about it well reaching out for help is incredibly difficult i this is going to be a weird, weird sentence um, or phrase or whatever. I'm dyslexic. I've been dyslexic my entire life. Um, I will say this. I did a, I did a, in theater school, I did a piece. And basically what I did is I go up and I say, you know, I'm dyslexic. I've been dyslexic at the time. It was like 22 years. The last time I was tested 
for my reading level was getting into college and I had the reading level of, of a fourth grader. And then I sat there and then I looked at the audience and I go, I've been tested. My SATs were uh, 1640. My ACT out of 800, 1800. My ACTs were 32 and my IQ was 132. These things don't equate to what people believe about dyslexia. Um, so that's a struggle I've always had to do deal with. Um, but the dyslexia, I can find, it's very hard writing emails. People think I'm stupid, all these things, but the, the bright side of dyslexia for me was that from a very, very early age, I had to learn how to ask for help, even if it was just proofreading. So when I started realizing that I was going through depression, anxiety, all these issues, I did not find it to be a flaw or a negative trait to go, I need help. And that's something that a lot of people don't have. Um, a lot of people think if I ask for help or if I need medication or if I need to go see somebody that I've failed, I should be able to do everything myself. And I'll say... If you, if you think that, look at every single CEO in the world, every single person that's made everything, they don't do it all themselves. You know, you go, look, yep. Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs knew what he didn't know. He knew that he didn't know how to program or, or connect wires or whatever the hell. He was the ideas and he knew what he wanted, but he didn't know how to do it. So we found people that knew how to do that. The yeah. same thing with mental health. I know that I don't feel good. I know that something feels off. I don't know what it is, but I know that I need to go find someone that can help with this so I can do the stuff that I know how to do very well. And I think that's important for us all to remember. Brilliant words, brilliant insight from our new absolute best friend, Shane Sulk. <laughs> I, I, I hope everyone goes and checks out Carcerum. Um, and, and as we land this plane, Shane, tell our, tell our listeners, uh, keeping in mind that this is evergreen, folks are going to listen to this tomorrow. They're going to listen to it six months from now. But um, tell folks, where do you want them to go? What's the action steps, right? What, what, what's the website? What's the yeah. email? What's the podcast? How do they take next steps if they want to engage? So you can find it on any of the podcasting platforms that you probably know and love, Stitcher, iTunes, um, uh, Spotify, all those things. Um, Samsung has a new app. Um, so if you just search Carcerum, that's C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, or you can make your life really easy and just go to CarcerumTheSeries.com. That's C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, theseries.com. And you can see a bunch of behind the scenes videos, interviews. You can find links to, to all of our stuff. Um, and you can reach out on there. We're all on you know all social media stuff. If you just search Carcerum, the series. Um, and that's where you can also go to stay up to date with all the new stuff we got going on. I love it. Uh, new best friend, Shane. Hey, thank you so much for doing the show, man. I hope that uh, when, when time allows, I hope you come back and, and, and visit with us again. I would absolutely love it. I've had a blast. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.